Man, Daryl is an absolutely terrific guy. Great follow. Make sure you guys uh, tune into the podcast and give him a follow. He's been at it for 25 years. One of the best voices in Cleveland. He knows his town. He loves his town. He gets it. He understands it. And I don't think he's just giving into the negative or steering into a self-fulfilling prophecy when he says he knows how the script has played out before. Um, but some good perspective and information. I love always getting a chance to just sort of like not go, but sort of like creep in and get a little intel behind enemy lines because it prepares us media uh, and fan alike as well as to what to look for, what to expect, and exactly what that team is beyond just who you may have on your fantasy team, who you might see on the red zone, and what you hear reported about whenever you're watching the local news, the, the football channel, and more. All right. Now let's get some local perspective on how things are going in Foxborough. What's up with Mac and Bailey? How Belichick's doing it all? It's time for Andy's weekly chat with a Patriots media member. And this week, he gets a chance to chat with the one, the only, the fabulous, and the awesome Karen Garigian from the Boston Herald. Back to the Six Rings podcast with our weekly chat with a beat reporter from Gillette Stadium. And this week, it's Boston Herald legend, Karen Garigian, who I just learned it's a hard G. I've been saying it wrong for 20 years. Karen, first and foremost, I want to ask you a question. Why does everybody love you? <laughs> Serious question, by the way, because I have never seen a coach or a player that did not enjoy an interaction with you. I'm going to give you a Bill Belichick answer. Uh, you'll have to ask them <laughs> why that is. <laughs> I can't tell you. Well, that's just my observation from the last few years. And I would also say, to butter you up before we get into the Patriots chatter, I actually believe you are the best reporter on the Patriots beat, the, the most accomplished. And I know some people will have other opinions. You can at me on Twitter if you want, but big fan. So I want to get into it. Your experience, your knowledge, you've been through a lot, you've seen a lot. What do you make of Bailey Zappi? I think he's a, a, a nice feel-good story right now. Uh, a third-string kid who got thrust into playing in Green Bay uh, and uh, didn't, I'll use the term, wet his pants, <laughs> because that's a popular term. Uh, and he, you know, he showed like so much poise and calm for somebody coming into that situation. And as I, I wrote, the legend grew uh, after his start against the Lions, you know, where he, he wasn't responsible for the win, but he led them to victory. And again, he, he performed well, he, you know, he didn't. Uh, make you know mistakes he did what he was told and he and he pretty much performed very well and again it, if you're going to win and and you have a kid quarterback who's kind of an unknown uh and and a bit of an underdog being a fourth round pick uh it makes for a very good story so last Sunday at Gillette Stadium, 29-0 win, and we hear zappy, zappy in the crowd. Quarterback, I, I don't want to say controversy, but even quarterback questions aren't something we have a lot of experience with in New England because for 20 years you had the GOAT. There was really no question. Even the Cam Newton year, I think some people turned on Cam but weren't really sure they, they wanted Jarrett Stidham. And now we have this weird week and a half here where I think people are trying to conjure up a controversy that probably really isn't there yet. Can you envision a way, because Bill Belichick, 
uh, one of the aspects of this that I find interesting is he's been given the opportunity a couple times to say Mac is our quarterback, and he has not said Mac is our quarterback. Is there any way you could envision um, a controversy, I guess? Well, we'll need to see more from Bailey for that to happen because, and, and I wrote this this week, that, you know, to this point, what we know about him is he's able to hand, hand the football off and uh, he can thrive when the Patriots have a lead and when the d- defense is playing well. And he's not, we don't n- yet know if he's forced to throw the football, if he can win a game. We, we don't, there's, there's like more questions that need to be answered with this kid before I would even put him in that conversation. I mean, if you, if you look at what's going on in Dallas right now, and you have a quarterback in Cooper Rush who, who took over for Dak Prescott, who broke his thumb or had surgery, and a lot of people basically had left the Cowboys for dead after that happened. But Cooper Rush has led them to four straight wins. And I think if he beats Philadelphia in, in a big showdown uh, on Sunday, I think you have a le- legitimate controversy there. Because, you know, the team has ov- obviously rallied behind this backup. He's playing well. He's not making mistakes. And the bottom line is they're winning games. And you might not want to upset that kind of what the me- momentum that you've built. That's not the situation here uh, in New England. Uh, uh, Bailey has come in, done well in seven quarters of play. But this is far, at least in my mind, from having a, a, a controversy or even suggesting uh, the Patriots should stick with him when Mac is healthy. So there is definitely a sampling of Patriot Nation that <laughs> likes Zappy more right now. Oh, yes. yeah. And my question would be, is that a commentary on Zappy, what they've seen, what they like? Or is there a little commentary there that some Patriots fans are not in love with Mac, have doubts about Is it a commentary about how they feel about the supposed franchise quarterback? I think it's it's a little bit of each, but more in the case of what have you done for me lately? <laughs> because, uh, you know, Mac had an unprecedented rookie year, which seems to have gone out the window and, you know, doesn't count right now that no court, no rookie has ever had that kind of year. And he was better than all the picks taken before him. But we, we don't remember that. We remember that he was a bit mistake prone uh, from the first uh, three games that he played. They, they remember the interceptions. They remember fumbles. They remember that he hadn't gotten off to the best start or hadn't, you know, made, had shown any signs of making that year two leap yep. that everyone wants him to make. Uh, but I would, you know, say, hold on, you know. They were getting, the team is getting adjusted to a new play caller, a new coordinator, uh, a new offense in some respects. And I, I think you're kind of seeing that develop more now since we're, you know, into week six where Bill Belichick kind of, 
outlined where we would start to, you know, have a better feel for what the Patriots are. Do we have a better feel? You mentioned the offense and the scheme and the new play caller. Do we have a better feel five games in of can Matt Patricia do the job? Is the offense that he and Bill and Joe Judge have put together, do we have a better understanding? The word vindicated was used this week. Somebody asked him a question if he was vindicated after the 29 nothing win over his former team, the Lions. Where do you sit on this whole, uh, I guess it's collaboration, they want us to call it, of the offense? Well, uh, vindication is much too strong a word. I would not use that word. Um, I think what's interesting with respect to the collaboration and the offense or, or what have you, it, it seemed like when Mac was the quarterback, they wanted to throw in all the bells and whistles and new things and, you know, put up the 50-50 balls and do this, do that. I, I mean, it was like a little bit haywire all at once because I believe they thought Mac could handle it. Mm-hmm. He obviously didn't handle it <laughs> very well. But since Bailey has come in, they've actually done to the offense what we sort of initially thought they were going to do with the offense. I don't want to say dumb it down, but it's been very streamlined. It's been pretty basic. And I think if you're going to change, you have to start from, from a basic place. And this is a basic place where you can build off of. And I think if you put Mac into this you know, the way they've been calling the games now and add in the more wrinkles that he's more capable of doing, I think that's where this offense can lift off and become what they had envisioned because it was a jumbled mess uh, early in the season. So you use the word lift off, and I think putting the quarterbacks aside for, uh, for now, and we'll see where it goes in the coming weeks, I think a guy who's about to lift off or have the opportunity to lift off is Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris has a hamstring injury, reportedly could cost him a couple weeks. Uh, it's now, instead of a two-headed monster, looks like he could get the opportunity to be the lead dog, take over not only the starting role, but the way he played against the Lions, 25 carries, 161 yards. I am a big Ramondre Stevenson fan. I think he could be uh, something special, maybe like a 1,500-yard type back. Do you do you share my optimism in Ramondre Stevenson? I just want to ask, do you love him like Bill Belichick does? <laughs> like, I've never heard Bill profess so much love for anybody that's one of his own players. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I do, from where he came, and even Bill joked about the pass protection against the Dolphins that he screwed up and the fumble. And I think that right in its of itself is telling. It's like Bill has put that so far in the past that it's laughable now. Like, we can joke about when you didn't know how to pass protect because I have so much faith in you. And I do. I, I And Matthew Slater, um, we do our interviews with Mud at Night every Monday with Matthew Slater. And somewhere around this time last year, maybe a little later in the season, Matthew Slater, who's seen it all, seen everything that's come through here for the last decade plus, said, <laughs> and who, by the way, like you, and everybody loves him much like you. And he said something to the effect, I've never seen a young player get better on a daily basis as much as Ramondre Stevenson. And I know Matthew is is really nice, and he fluffs a lot of guys up and kind of promotes them, but that stuck with me, and I think you're seeing maybe the fruits of that labor and that effort now. And I really do believe there's a guy that if he can stay healthy, he can do it all. He can be a three-down back. He can catch the ball. He can make people miss. And I think the thing that stands out with me is I feel like every time he touches the ball, 
he maximizes it. Like a normal guy might get four, he gets seven. A num- normal guy might get 10, he gets 15 or gets 49, as was the a case. A normal guy might lose two and he gets one or two, right. gains, you know, gains yardage out of it. I, I think just, you know, getting, getting back to Belichick's love of this player, I, I think you hit on it. I mean, in that first game in Miami, you know, missed a bit, uh, blitz pickup, he fumbled. Well, we're now forward four weeks or whatever it was against Detroit. And there were several instances where you saw him pick up the blitzer. I mean, not only pick him up, but level him. Right. So so the, the progression, you know, if Belichick loves guys who work hard and work hard every day to improve. And, and Ramondre is almost like the epitome of that. I mean, he was good to start. We saw it. The very first preseason game he played uh, last year, we saw that this kid could be something special. But, again, you have to put in the work to improve. This kid has put in the work to not only improve, but I think he's, like you say, he's like on the verge of, of being – you know, a star and one of the best running backs in the league, I think. So we are in the midst of the quote-unquote soft part of the schedule. They passed the first test where they proved the 1-3 and three Lions were far inferior to the 1-3 and three Patriots, who are now 2-3. and three. Now this week they face a 2-3 and three team. Kind of funny that they're kind of building their way up. Why should I believe that this team is building toward anything other than what happened last year when they built toward disappointment when they showed middle of the season we're going to go on a win streak but then when we get to the back end of the schedule the good team the bills I'll just call them the bills a couple times the playoffs it kind of all fell apart is that is there a reason or do we just have to ride out this roller coaster and see if this year is different I think it would be remiss to say that this team is different uh we don't know it's you simply don't know and and we're just some of us myself included, are falling into the trap of, oh, here comes the soft part of the schedule. They're going to ramble and roll right through and six straight wins, and they're going to be – we don't know that. Right. (laughs) We really don't know that. But I do think there is some encouraging signs, you know, based on how they hung in with Green Bay, how they destroyed the Lions, and mostly – I would say on the defensive side that they that they shut out the former uh, top scoring offense. Those are all encouraging things, but it's like you have to sort of remember: is is Matt Patricia, you know, going to evolve further as a play caller? Is he, you know, is he going to grow even more into the role? Or are they going to be stuck in this place because, again, because he's so new to being an offensive play caller, he, he's not going to be able to get them out of certain situations or combat certain things that defenses are doing. I still don't have that answer yet. Uh, you know, so I think there's more we need to see. Just like if Zappi is still the quarterback, there's more we need to see from him before we anoint him to be anything. So now there's a guy that has been anointed. His name is Bill Belichick. Most people believe he's the greatest coach of all time. He is about to move into second place on the all-times wins list. He's about 
24 away, I believe, from Shula, the all-time record, and he's 70 years old. And he looks good. He seems young. I, I see him doing everything on the sideline. He's with the – you see Zappy, and Zappy's got Bill right in front of him there. He seems as energetic and in, as engaged as ever. Your perspective on – and this is a big picture question. Like, where is Bill? Is Bill, you know, as they say – Tom used to say, closer to the end than he is the beginning. We know that. How close to the end? Like, is he going to make – does he have another Super Bowl in his future? Does he have the record in his future? Does he have – I know Robert Kraft, I think, brought up coaching into his 80s, like another decade. Like, where do you put Bill on that timeline and, and the potential he has moving forward? I wish I had a crystal ball to know that answer. Um, what I will say is, you know, he, he does seem uh, – energized might not be the right word, but he's really engaged – uh, not that he wasn't before, but if you saw him in the Green Bay game running up and down the sideline, you know, hailing officials, and, and the guy is still in it. You know, he's still in it to win it. So, you know, is he going to have an epiphany after the season's over and they don't do well? Or is he going to have an – or will he be buoyed by the fact if, oh, my God, that we, they made the playoffs when they weren't expected to? And – the, all the young players that they've drafted are actually going to amount to something, and he can shepherd them along to another title. Again, it, it, it's tough to know, except, as I said, watching him in games, he seems so engaged, so involved, that it's hard to see him just ending, you know, boom, right away. Um, but I do think that... This team still has to – I think, you know, people question, does Bill still have his fastball? Can he, can he still coach the team to wins? Well, well, yeah. I mean, we just saw him once again make Jared Goff turn into a puddle. I mean, there's just some quarterbacks, some coaches on the other sideline that Bill is just so superior to. And that alone is going to win – will win the Patriots football games. What we still have to see is can they can both the team and Bill conjure up plans to take down the big guns, the Buffaloes of the world that didn't punt the last two times they played each other? Can you beat Buffalo? Can you beat Kansas City? Can you beat Cincinnati? Can you, you know, are you competitive with those teams? Because since Tom Brady left, they haven't been. And I think that, more than anything, is the biggest question mark for this team. I'm glad you brought up the fastball thing because uh, that was my mea culpa this week. I actually picked the Lions. I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. I, I honestly don't know how I picked Jared Goff. after the, you, you mentioned the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, that image of him falling to his knees in the Super Bowl when Kyle Van Oy runs by him, I forever kind of labeled him a loser, and I let myself forget that. And I was looking at the stats. Oh, the number one offense, and I think he had 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. I'm an idiot. Bill still has his fastball. He, he looked every bit the puddle. He, he was, Jared Goff was in that Super Bowl. And Bill didn't, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, I guess what it is, six years apart now, Bill has to start a third-string rookie mid-round quarterback and he wins both of those games in shutout fashion. Like, I don't think that's luck. Now, one would ask, well, if he can conjure up a shutout anytime he wants it, why doesn't he do it every week and win every game? I'm not saying it's that easy, but that game when Jacoby Brissett 
won the shutout against the Texans, and then this week, like, that's proof to me Bill still has it. Yeah. And, well, the other thing, again, if you if you put these situations like that, I, I'll take Bill in, adver- in an adverse situation any day of the week. Is he better in those? Like, does he... Um, is there something about like that challenge you think that creates even more out of his greatness? Well, let's. I mean, historically, that that proves to be true. The first Super Bowl against the Rams, the greatest show on turf. They they beat them the first time to play the Patriots. The the Patriots were double digit, if not more, underdogs in that game. And guess what Bill did? He shut down the greatest show on turf. The last Super Bowl against the Rams. That, that was three, four years ago. They came in with the highest, once again, the high-flying, high-scoring offense that was scoring 30 and 40 on everyone. How much did they score in that Super Bowl? Three. Right. I think challenges like those are what Bill lives for. And, and again, if he has to do it with one hand tied behind his back with a third-string quarterback or whatever, or he has to, to call a cornerback and get him ready off the street to play in the Super Bowl, I can't remember his name. But those, that's when Bill thrives the most. And just to kind of pull this all together, you mentioned something about, you know, where he's going, it's hard to know long-term, the record or another Super Bowl, whatever – isn't the answer to that probably in terms of success, probably Mac Jones? Because at this point in, in Bill's career, I don't know that he can pull the plug on Mac, unless Bailey Zappi is an amazing story, but let's leave that to the side for now. <laughs> right. Um, but isn't if Mac's the guy, if Mac's the quarterback for the next three, four, five, six years, whatever that final phase of Bill's career is, maybe he does have a shot not only at the record, but a Super Bowl. And if Mac's not the guy and he has to go down the – Cam Newton, draft a rookie, find a new guy, then he may not reach that sort of final great plateau in the end. Yeah. Well, I think he's definitely chasing Chula, so that's one thing. But, I, you know, in, in my heart of hearts, I have to believe he wants to win a Super Bowl without Tom. <laughs> and, I, I mean, if he can do it with Bailey Zappi, all the better. But I think he probably recognizes he needs – you know, from what we've seen of Bailey Zappi, he needs more than Bailey Zappi to be able to win a Super Bowl. And right now that's Mac Jones, their first-round pick from a year ago, you know, who, who has the tools and, you know, right now I would say is more capable of being able to beat some of those teams that we spoke about, you know, assuming their defense plays well and, and everything comes right. I think Mac Jones is the guy because you can't, at age 70, you can't just keep starting from scratch with a new quarterback. Mac is it, and it's either going to happen with him or it isn't. So final question before I let you go, and it's, a, uh, it's an interesting one I think you'll, you'll, you'll find. Better chance that before his career ends, Bill wins another Super Bowl or never wins another playoff game? Which is the better chance? Yeah. What do you think is more likely to happen? He wins another Super Bowl or he never wins another playoff game? Because he's now, as the owner points out, he's on a three-year span of no wins in the postseason. Oh, he's going to win in the postseason. This year? 
Uh, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> She's Karen Garigian, Boston Herald. This is the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. We thank you, Karen, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I, it was a good time, Andy. Well, thank you. We try to have fun with these, and we'll be back next week live from Gillette Stadium with another interview of a member of the Beat, but it'll be somebody who's not as good as Karen. <laughs>